Europe, episode gazillion and two. Hey, man. What's going on? Matt. Matt was actually, uh, you were pretty punctual today. You were on time. I'm always on time. Unless I'm not. You know why you're on time? Because we have like four days to edit, so it doesn't come out till Tuesday. So nobody like, really knows. Yeah. Exactly, and but you know what they say about a wizard, right? He's he's never uh, never too early or too late. You consider he yourself a wizard exactly when he means to. Yes, you consider yourself <laughs> not the wizard. Oh, long, tough, busy week. Busy, busy week this week. There was Why? Some crazy stuff going on. Everything that could have happened happened this week. Uh, one of them yeah, I'm going to say for Wanker of the Week. And not, I got not like the, a... Not the what? You got kicked in the dick this week, man. Yeah, bad. It was a rough one. But like yeah, I said, we'll save that yeah. one for Wanker of the Week. I got... Uh, oh, really? Like 40 file guides came in that I need to finish. And I put another order in because I think I'll probably sell them out before we get to the all the knife shows. I got uh, April Knife Show, mm. then we got two in May, three, three in May. So there'll be like one weekend after another, so i got to make sure I get my uh, material stockpile up Sh- ready to go. Shit together. Yeah. Yep. And I uh, finished a prototype of a new tool that I'm be making and putting online. Uh, it's like a combination um, carbide scribe and a carbide countersink for like cleaning up burrs and stuff on your holes that you drill through your handles and uh, knife material so those should be cool see how the people busy like busy busy mm-hmm. and all the stuff's going on with the with the charity uh page that we've been doing we've been posting and trying to keep track of that it's kind of crazy we did um i don't know what you what it's exactly called if it's uh like you just the three of our accounts are linked together whatever however they word it in and Instagram, mm-hmm. and we got like the normal thing, like 180, 200 likes or something. And then you go look at the analytics on it, and we got like 1,900 people that we reached. And out of the 1,900 from my page, at least 1,800 of them are non-followers, which like never happens. <laughs> you, when you get it, you look at your non-followers. Oh it's usually like one or two, maybe. But that's all because we're linked together, so you can see what that does. It's, it makes a big difference. But that that. That does not happen on our podcast thingy, right? No, we got to start like linking people. Like when we have a guest on and you make a post with their name, you have to link them as a, oh, that, a, yeah, whatever it's yes. called. What is that called? Yeah, anyway? what, like, it, like a yeah, and co- affiliate co- or co- yeah, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, someone is going to have more time in the future for the, for this kind of stuff. Yeah, hopefully we'll... And it's, and it's not going to be me. No, you already have enough time. What else do you need? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my, you. My, my entire life is a time crunch. Your stickers came in the mail. You gave me exactly yeah. the amount I needed to send them out. So hopefully nobody joins us as a patron before I send what them out in the mail. Or we won't have any more. You gave me... We got nine patrons. I got nine of each sticker from you. Did, did I really? What the because I ordered to it was the, the fucking envelope came in you know from I I always laughed when I when that one comes in 
And I opened it, I was like, God damn it. I ordered way, way too little. <laughs> yeah, so you gotta order. The more you order, you get better price on it too, so. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of money going around. I have to watch what I'm doing lately. I'm actually almost out of the podcast tickets because I've been sending them out with all my orders too. Yeah, me too. So uh, it's kind of dumb, but yeah. well, we like can it. order. You can still order. I like I can place my own order so it comes to me. Then you don't have to remail stuff again. Mm, yeah. Well, I don't mind. I like sending you pretty boxes. Yeah, that was a nice one I got this week. My daughter liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure she saw it, but never it was didn't very say funny. There's two people. There's two people in the, in the world that get that get get their box like that. You're Who's one that? of them. And honor Kagler. The other one. Yeah, honor is the other one. <laughs> He's probably mad because he didn't get any pairing balls. I forgot about it already. So what did yeah, you get to do this I week? I send him some other stuff. I like at work the the balcony factory we went uh we we switched um like accounting software mm -hmm. so that's it's always fun horrible <laughs> no it's terrible what, <laughs> yeah when you change software and trying to figure out yeah. new stuff yeah yeah that was uh, pretty pretty fun and uh yeah, doing a lot of uh, ribbon burners. It was pretty fun. My uh, my ribbon burners are gonna look very different from now on because my wow, what did you change? I had my dad pick up the like he works actually very close to the company that supplies me with the refractory, mm -hmm. and that stuff like it's you can get it in three colors like black, gray, or white, but white is actually light gray. Like very light, like concrete color. Yeah. So guess what my dad thought we needed? White. Gray instead of the normal concrete color. So, yeah. so we now have like, a, they're almost black. <laughs> yeah. Which is well, pretty fun, I think. Then you, uh, everybody can tell it's the European version. Yeah, you could definitely tell. And, but, well, not to be, but... The European version looks way better. Is it a different like grade or it's like quality or? Mm. No, it's all the same. A different quality or no, the same? No, it's all the same. It's just a, a different color, like it's darker, like gray. So mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, and. I've, well, I haven't launched it yet, but we've been, uh, that temper clamp is, is done and ready, ready to put online. The blade breaker? The blade breaker. We should combine that with your carbide hammer and call it the 100% blade breaker <laughs> thingy. Then it's broken. Package. <laughs> yeah. Like if you use one after the other, then you'll end up with the broken blade. Like one hundred percent sure. Uh, I get, they they both have their own place. Just whatever you feel more comfortable with, I guess. But I think so. I th I've, yeah, I I enjoy like designing stuff like that. So 
whatever floats someone's boat. That's right. We'll have to ask our guest what he prefers. Yeah. Yeah. If he sees it, he might he might be tempted to buy it, I think. Yeah, where where can I get it? <laughs> That's uh hey. Paul Beletta joining us today from the best European country, Austria. Hey guys, what's up? Oh my what's god, going on? from Austria. Well, are you are you originally from Austria or No, no, no. I'm I'm South African. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm born and bred in South Africa and I left South Africa in my late 20s and spent about 15 years in the UK. And yeah, about 7 8 years ago now, moved to Austria with my wife. You, your uh, your accent makes complete sense now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does. You can hear everything. Your brew. Bruh. <laughs> so how yeah, do you South how Africa, do you like it in Austria? Um it's beautiful. Uh I have to admit it, it's beautiful. I, we live out in the country, uh, in basically on the side of a hill between Villach and Klagenfurt, right down in the south of the country. And, you know, we overlook the mountains and, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I love it. Um, it sounds like a happy man. Um, yeah, it's not all roses. <laughs> it's, no. it's, uh, I struggle with, with, with a couple of things. Um, the culture is very different to what I'm used to. And I think the biggest thing for me is I struggle with the language. Uh, yeah, just don't don't struggle. They just refuse to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so my my, Ger my German's okay, but they don't they don't speak German here, especially down here out in the country. It's it's like a local dialect, and yeah. you get in the car, and my boy goes to school about I don't know, fifteen kilometers down the road, and they speak a totally different dialect down there. It's yeah, even even my wife struggles sometimes. She's Austrian. Did did you speak any German before you moved here, or did you no, start learning? No, not a word. Yeah. So my same, second language is Afrikaans, word. being South African. Afrikaans, which, um, yeah, which is close which, to Dutch, right? Which is basically Dutch, ish. Yeah, uh, you, yeah. So from what I understand, it's it's like Dutch was spoken two hundred years ago. That like never evolved. Yes, something like that. Yeah, very. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do I I can understand it, but don't talk too fast. Yeah, well, I've tried it with a few um, Dutch-speaking people, and none of them can understand me. I guess it's a bit no, like someone talking English to me with, you know, like like Shakespearean verbiage. That'd be like a bit, a bit weird. Okay. Yeah, and it's also um, the the words we uh, are basically the same. It's just the way, like in past time and then future time, and yeah. The way you, uh, you build up sentences is yeah. uh, pr pretty yeah, think, weird for us. I think it helped me a lot when learning German, you know, where the verb goes mm -hmm. yeah. and, and stuff like that, which is very different from English. But, um, you know, German's got like the der, die, das. Yeah. Scheiße. my head around. Scheiße. So why did you leave South it. Africa? Um. Uh, well, South Africa w was going through a lot of change at the time, um, and I didn't see it all that change being positive. Um, mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, we have big changes in the, the early 90s, um, 1994, the new government was elected. And yeah, I just sort of saw everything slowly going downhill. Um, and so, I just wanted to get out and, and see the rest of the world, you know, to see what was out there. And, yeah, yeah, very good. But so, adventure. question, are you white? Yes. Yeah. So, was it um, like getting worse for white people over there, or? Um, yes. Yeah. But there's something to going be, on. To be pretty right blunt now, about it, yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, I think on on the, on the whole, the country has really gone down. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when when I was there, at least we had electricity that was reliable. Um, you know, for the last six seven years, they've had roading blackouts because there's not enough enough electricity for the you know to, to basically power the country because mm. all of the power stations that they plan to build you know the government have been basically helping themselves to the money and not planning for the future you know to build a power station it doesn't take one or two years it takes like 10 15 years it's like long-term planning and yeah. you know they haven't done any of that so are they reaching a point basically where the rest of africa <laughs> reached 10 20 50 years ago and you know the whole it's infrastructure. Going just, again. Yeah, it just hasn't been maintained. There's there's no real thought for, you know, twenty I years saw, for your. I saw a, do a documentary years. about uh, people actually starting their own communities again. They're mostly uh, um, white people, and um, it's it's not like for me. To, I think it's it's very interesting to to see yeah, the development I mean, in that country. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's not a bad place to live. Um, no, and I'm it's not, a beautiful I'm, country. I'm probably I'm probably not going to move back there now that I've you know been living in the UK and Europe and I'm used mm. to <laughs> European lifestyle. Um, <laughs> never say never, but no. um, you know it's 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 still an awesome place. I, I try and visit every year. I've got family there, and um, yeah, so I try and visit family and you know, get back as much as possible. But um, yeah, every time I go back, I just see the sort of the slow decline of, yeah. of everything. And and I guess when I say slow decline, I'm talking about from a sort of Western European perspective. Yeah, yeah, no, like yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. But did you meet your wife while you were still living in Africa or in the UK? Or? No, so she I, said she was I moved. Yeah, I moved to the UK. Um, around just 2001 and lived and worked in the UK for nearly 15 years and I met my wife while working in the UK. Um, my wife and I were both in IT, corporate IT, consulting and um, yeah that's that's how we met and and then she moved to the UK from Austria because she was she was commuting so even though she was working in the UK she was commuting every week from Austria um, wow. yeah. So she, she moved to the UK with me, and then uh, and then we decided, you know, we wanted to settle down, and we thought um, Austria would be a, a good place to to raise our kids. Um, so we decided to go to Austria. And here you are. Awesome background story. <laughs> yeah, great. So I, I I've seen uh, or read about on your. So on your website about you uh, making knives while you were still living in South Africa. How did, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, so as a kid, I've always been into guns and knives and things like that. Um, 
I grew up with knives, being around knives all the time because my, my father was a butcher for his whole life. And my grandfather was a butcher and you know, his father's father and, and all my uncles were all butchers. And, and so, you know, always knives around. And my father was a hunter as well, so guns as well. And, you know, as a kid growing up, that's what I was into. And um, uh, there's, there's a lot of knife making in South Africa, even back then, which was the 80s. And, um, yeah, I just I decided that I wanted to make knives one day and went to the library, got books on it and read up about it. And I found what sort of steels you need and, um, yeah, sourced the steel and and started making knives. They weren't very good because I didn't really have much tools and equipment. Um, had a drill press, but um, most of the blades were ground with a bench grinder with a, like mm. a stone wheel mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. horrible <Nice>. machines <laughs> and and Go by ahead. hand with with, fi- with files I, I sort of blunted all my father's files and yeah I mean, it was was it hard but, to um, find like materials and stuff or that's just what you had sorry hard to find was it difficult to find materials and steel there or that's just um, what you had no 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 steel was actually um, readily available there was an importer for Bola, so you could mm-hmm. get all the, the Bola steels. Um, and the, the steel that I actually started with was uh, Bola N690. Um, which you still and, use today? Uh, yeah, which I still use today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good steel. Um, How and do it's... you know that, Keith? Because I have one of his knives, of course. Is there someone's knife you don't have? I don't have one from you yet. No, <laughs> you're not getting one. <laughs> You'll, you'll get one in your chest <laughs> when you visit. <laughs> yeah, so Paul got his, uh, his first anvil for me, and he said he's going to give it a go and try to learn how to uh, forge a little bit. Have you started with that at all? Or are you still collecting yeah, yeah, tools? Yeah, I have. I, um, I forged a couple of knives last week. Um, yeah, when you say forged, so I, I cut out a piece of steel, and I, I hit it with a hammer, it, kind of looked kind of like the shape of the knife um okay. and then i stock removed the rest <laughs> to, to make a proper knife so um yeah I'm, I'm at really at the beginning of of forging but yeah i enjoyed it and and the knives they turned out they turned out great actually one is for a, a custom order and um i got it around christmas time and um i said to the guy you know should, should i you know should i forge the knife and he says yeah yeah give it a go i'm like cool <laughs> so, yeah. Seems like uh, seems like the easier way to, to like the easier way around, you know, because every because you're already good at stock removal, and whenever you fuck up, you can you can always yeah. fix it. Yes. So you know, I, I you know I've been been making knives um, not full time, but as my only source of income for the last five, going on six years now, and. I knew that if I if I started forging, it would be this massive rabbit hole I'd fall down. Um, and I yeah, really wanted to yeah. just, you know, I wouldn't say perfect, but just really, you know, work on the craft of making knives using stock removal, you know, fit and finish and just trying to be precise and clean and, and stuff like that before I started forging because all of that stuff you're going to use in a forge knife anyway. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I took the leap. And started forging. So thanks very much for that anvil, Keith. It's uh, it's perfect. I'm glad somebody can use it. For me, it was just a decoration here in my workshop. 
Oh, it's a, it's Keith, a good, good Keith, piece of kit. Keith doesn't want to fall down the rabbit hole. He's <laughs> avoiding it. No, but I like yeah, collecting I, tools. <laughs> yeah, uh, and knives. Yeah, you said you were working on perf perfecting. Um, I have one of your knives. Uh, very nice attention to detail and fit and finish on it. And you actually, last year when we were at the uh, Ipsit's Mesa Mark together, you won uh, first place for one of the categories. What What was that for? What did you win? Yeah, yeah, I won uh, best of show for fixed blade. So it's three categories, and it was for a, a dagger that I'd made. I'd actually started making that dagger about must have been two and a half years ago. Uh, every year, Niels van Berg in in South Africa from the, the Black mm. Dragon Forge, he hosts mm -hmm. um, a forty-eight hour. Uh, dagger build challenge where you basically yes. build a dagger in 48 hours it's 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 it, it sounds easy but it's actually really tough doing a, a through handle design with a you know f a symmetrical with a with a quillion or um, uh, cross guard um, and this dagger actually started for one of the 48 hour dagger build mm. challenges and I never finished it and um during the summer, I had a little bit of a lull in, in orders and stuff. And I thought, well, let me get back to this dagger. And I started to work on it. And it was about a week before the Ipsets Messermarkt. I'd put in so much work and I was, I was looking at the dagger and I thought, you know what, I think this thing has got a chance because it's really good. Um, so that's when I just thought, yeah, don't fuck it up. Just don't fuck it up. <laughs> mm -hmm. No pressure. And yeah, it probably took me another week of work. Yeah. To get it done and yeah yeah i presented it at the ipsis metamarkt and yeah i thought i thought it had a chance because it's you know to my eye at least it was it was on the money uh you know to my eyes as well i like it so it's, it's some, something i want us to do more of in the future is daggers and things like that i think your first show at the Mesa, ipsis metamarkt was 2019 right uh yeah yeah that's right Did, is that the first time you entered a knife no, no. So, so every year they they go around uh, to the tables and they they ask which which knife are you going to put forward for you know for the best of show. And I didn't know about that. So at my first show, two thousand and nineteen, they came around and asked. And and of course my German's not very good. So I'm like, what the hell are these guys asking me for? And eventually I figured it out. So I was just like, well, I don't know. Just pick a knife, any knife. <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't worked on anything specific. Um, and and that's kind of how I did it up until last year. Um, I would just you know turn up at the show show my wares and then I would just pick what I thought was, was the best knife when they came around to my table and then last year was the first year I thought okay this, this knife I'm you know I'm going to enter for the the best in show so it's the first one that I actually you know consciously thought you know I can go for a prize so yeah pretty pleased that it won nice yeah what I was going to say is like what I think you should do is um, apply for the job of Sir David Attenborough. Do you know who that is? <laughs> well, and present nature programs. Yeah, man. You have the perfect voice for that. <laughs> this voice. Oh, what we have here is a dagger. And this dagger has got two edges. What you'll find very interesting is that a wooden handle. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, very, uh, very good voice. Oh, thanks. I, I think I've lost most of my South African accent. 
Um, and it, it's, no, it makes it made sense right away when I heard it. <laughs> so I, th I think I think people who know South Africans and South Africans or Brits that you know have some sort of association with South Africa can pick it up. But yeah, most other Brits don't pick it up, and they just think I'm British with a strange accent. I also saw that you used to uh, build and race motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, was that back in South Africa or? No, well, in South Africa, I started riding motorbikes, um, sports bikes, and I just very quickly got hooked on on speed, and I used to ride like a absolute twat on the roads. Um, <laughs> and then when I moved to the UK, um, yeah, after you know, once I'd got settled after a year or two, I managed to 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 uh, save up and buy a motorbike, and yeah, again, just started basically treating the roads like a racetrack and um and i was doing a lot of track days and i thought well might as well go racing if i'm spending this money on doing track days might as well spend the money and you know do it on a a closed circuit in a more competitive environment i might like it and yeah just you did <laughs> yeah yeah i started off small and just started racing and yeah before I knew it, that was that was my life. <laughs> my whole life revolved around racing motorbikes. If I wasn't at work trying to earn money to race motorbikes, I was in the workshop busy building the bikes, fettling them, preparing them, um, and then nice. yeah, and then racing them on the weekends. And in the beginning, crashing my ass off and getting busted up, and yeah, just slowly, slowly getting better and better at it. That lasted until you got married, probably. I'm guessing. <laughs> uh yeah yeah pretty much i met my wife and she never settled down really approved of the motorbike racing yeah yeah well I, I started racing on the isle of man and um and i did nine years on the isle of man and uh and i loved it my whole year and season used to revolve around the, my um racing on the isle of man everything was focused on that and um when I met my wife, she came out to the Isle of Man the first time, and yeah, she she didn't like that. And uh, yeah, it's after doing that a couple of years, I just saw how it how it affected the people around me, especially my wife and our relationship. Mm -hmm. So, so I thought, yeah, I'll stop racing on the Isle of Man. You you went and did the manly good thing to do. <laughs> well, well, it is. <laughs> and then and then when you became a father. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, don't get me wrong. Um yeah, I miss it. I miss it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I can it. imagine. So. But uh, did, like did a feeling change when you when you became a father? Um what do you mean like the feeling of wanting to go back and race motorbikes? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I, Damn, I, was I like, mean, I'm gonna start no, some I, good, I, a good conversation here, but no. No, I, I mean, no. I've, I've, I have this obviously this huge um, responsibility and sense of responsibility to my children, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and race. But yeah, there's still part oh. of me that just, that just wants to you know get where, on a bike and. You know where this is gonna to lead to? You're gonna put your kids on bikes. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. If they want yeah. to, we'll do it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it, you know. It's racing motorbikes. Just 
gave me so much in my life. It's, you know, it, it enriched my life, you know, immeasurably. Um, mm. You know, and the things that it did for me person, on a personal level, it's, it, it was fantastic. And yes, it is dangerous. And yeah, you are going to get beat up. Um, and for me, I can say it was worth it because I got away with it. I raced 11 years and I didn't have any sort of real major injury. And especially racing on the Isle of Man, I did that nine years and, and I That's got, insane, I got away man. with it. So. I can't even look at the, at the, at the videos of, of that race. You can't even imagine being on, on an actual bike there. Holy yeah. crap. No, it's, yeah, but it's, it, was, um, it was also like living in in a different country. It brought you into like a community where you where you got to meet people and you know what I mean. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It's I mean, just like the knife community. All my friends in the UK are all uh, either motorbike racers or connected somehow with motorbike racing, um, or were connected, you know, with motorbike racing. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was it was it was good fun, and you know if if I've got two two little boys, and you know if they if they have an interest in it, you know then sure, I'll I'll uh, entertain that interest, and even if you know if they yeah, want to go course. racing as well, if you know it's it's a decision that 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 they got to make, it's something they want to do. I'm not going to yeah. push them into anything, but no. if they want to do it and they're keen and they're enjoying it, you know I'll support them in any way I can. But yeah, it is it is. Um, it is good fun. It's uh, it's uh, it makes you poor. So th- that's that's one thing. If you know, I want to want to keep my if I want to keep my kids off drugs and alcohol, just get them into racing motorbikes because they're not going to have yeah. any drugs and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that's so, uh, that's a good point. But it's yeah yeah it's uh, I mean especially racing an Isle of Man. It's 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 hard to describe. It's uh. But it's isn't racing is, is something like uh, it's only affordable if you're the best. Uh, yes like uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean i see i, I know like in i think in, uh, in like like with dirt bike uh the mx i don't even know how you call it but it's the same it's like unless you're the absolute best and you're making a shit ton of money but everything under that it's not like the same yeah. with with uh with football and and, nah. and a nah. bunch of other sports with racing it's really like being the absolute best or yeah so no, it cost you a shit ton of money you're absolutely right it's just the top, top, top are the guys that that can make a living from it, and they don't get filthy rich except for one or two in the world, mm-hmm. um, and everyone else pays for it. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll definitely encourage my boys to play football. It's a lot safer, it's a lot easier because if you if you play, I mean, how big's a, a squad for a football team? It's what 15 players, 20 players. You know, mm-hmm. if you think of if you think of like any European country, you've got like I don't know 15 to 20 clubs in the top league and anyone playing in the top league is going to be earning a shit ton of money and you've only yeah. got to be what 20 clubs 20 players that's 400 you've only got to be one of the top 400 in the country and you're going to earn a good living and even below that there's yeah like, uh, it, like especially in the uk it's it's insane what is it like uh, you can live off even in the fourth or fifth league or absolutely. something absolutely yeah. Uh-huh. yeah yeah it's like you can just be a mediocre soccer player and still make <laughs> make money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but you 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 do race motorbikes because of because of the passion. It's um, mm-hmm. definitely not. So, so I wonder how that translates to knife making, though. 
Because same thing. knife making. No, nah, it doesn't. Make knives, really... you're poor, but you're passionate about it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but there's different ways to, to make a, a decent amount of money, I think, if, if you have the right plan. Like, you don't yeah. all, yeah. not everyone has to be like the next, uh, like, uh, you know, name one of the famous uh, knife makers. Like, you don't, you, there's a lot of people that, that take pride in the in the production side of things and they just slap out a lot of knives and, and marketing-wise, there's a lot to do <clears throat> and to win for uh, for some people. Yeah, I, it's it's a difficult game. It's um, you know, I used to I used to work in corporate IT, and mm -hmm. I used to make a lot more money. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and I didn't really enjoy it. I did it because of the money, and I did it because it paid for me to go and race motorbikes on the weekends. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, the knife making it's it's a lot lot harder to make decent living they'd learn a living yeah yeah it is no it is it's it a is tough gig. like a, what, I, what i meant to be is you don't have to be like the absolute best knife maker to be one of the like i don't know how this translates very much like there's people that make like one knife that sells for for four thousand euros and then you have a bunch of people that slap out a hundred knives worth 200 euros and those could be great knife makers as well. They're just not as refined and not, but they just yeah, yeah. I think out a bunch of knives. Yeah, well, I think I think that's that's one thing I really like about um, the whole knife making world is there's there's different knives um, for you know for, for for different people. So not only styles mm -hmm. of knives, but you just mentioned the, the the price. You know, there's different price points for knives, and mm -hmm. you know, I think there's a place for everything. You know, there's a place for the for the 40 grand art knife and and there's this yeah. place for the i the think there's the, like like if you look at like uh Mareko and then versus jeff Ader. yeah that's i think that's the, a, a great example they're both great knife makers but obviously like like in the artsy kind of way they all say like Mareko is one of the best knife makers but then again, I would argue, like business-wise, I, I don't know. I think uh, Jeff gets uh, like he's up there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a it's a diff different approach. Yeah. Like for for me, it was uh, with like with my job. Uh, I went to school and studied to be uh, air conditioning technician, and I really liked it when I was young, and doing service calls and going out all the time and got to be too much and I was never home and anytime it was cold or Christmas or holidays you just get called out yeah. in the, middle of the day and at one point you're like I, what am I doing and like I'm not really enjoying it anymore and I feel like you just waste you're just wasting time all the time I'd rather be doing something that you're more passionate about even if you're not making as much as much money and you're working twice the amount of hours mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's definitely uh yeah it's <laughs> it's but it's easier said than done when you've got you know commitments yeah. especially if you've got a family and stuff you know, yeah of course you gotta to pay the bills that's it that's it yeah, so, yeah. it's um it's you know I, th I think i'm i'm very fortunate at the moment um that um, my wife works full-time and you know she loves what she does and and um 
you know, so so fortunately we can get by like that. But I mean, I I couldn't at the moment with my knife making. I I can't I can't afford to to support my family, um, you know, and be the the breadwinner for the family. Um, there's just there's just not enough enough in it for me at least at at the moment. And I'm I'm not full time either. So it's you know I'm still part time because my wife works full time. I I take a lot of responsibility for childcare and stuff. So you know, so it's awesome sauce. Stay at home dad. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm super, super lucky to, to have this opportunity, you know, to, to be with my kids and, you know, basically watch them grow up. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And then still have making knives on the side. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah, it's been, it's been great, but, um, you know, I need to look to the future and, you know, the the kids are not going to be kids all the time. And I think my wife's, uh, doesn't want to be the main breadwinner, the sole breadwinner, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. So, you know, I need to really look at, you know, growing the knife making business and, and just making it more sustainable. So, you know, perhaps one day, you know, I can be the, can support my family with, with the knife making. Yeah, we'll see. What's the plan to make that happen? Have you been trying to get to more, <laughs> to more shows or, or, um, yeah. So, so for this year, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get to more shows, so hopefully I'll see you guys in Solingen. Um, Definitely be there. I was I was looking at going to Atlanta as well, but it just yeah, it just just the timing for me is not great, and and it's a big expensive stuff. So I thought maybe next year to Atlanta. I think that's a really tough market. Um, yeah, I think having said that. Probably at least half of my knives I sell to the U.S., so I guess the kind of knives I make appeal to to Americans. I mean, it's a tough market, but it's a really big market. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean it's. I think where where I find it difficult is that there's a lot of knife makers, and they can make a very similar knife to what I'm making for a lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything's cheaper. Their materials are cheaper. Your rent's cheaper. Electricity cheaper. Your your cars. Your everything. So you know, it's um they can sell them a bit cheaper. Um, but you know, I think I think maybe what I make does maybe appeal to to Americans. I found interestingly enough, I think Americans tend to go for the bigger sort of knives. In Europe, I sell more of the smaller knives. Um, you can get away with that a lot easier over there. <laughs> yeah, so no, I definitely like to try Atlanta, um, but maybe for next year. I think this year I'm just really going to have a look at the European scene and try and get to to at least to Solingen and some of the other big shows in Europe. And um, yeah, just cool, get my stuff out there. So Keith, are you going to Blade Show? I am not going to Blade Show this year. No. Mm. I uh, I had a, a a room booked and everything, uh, pretty much the same thing every year. But it's really tough time to get there in June and then fly home to Austria for like two weeks and then we go back and visit family all of July. So I'm there for the month of July. Well, why don't you change that July thing? Yeah, because that's uh, like regular school vacation time. So the, my brothers are there with their kids, and that's like when all the family ah, can get together. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm finding with my kids now. They're they're getting um, 
my my oldest is six, so we're starting to be uh, restricted yeah. by the the school calendar. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Your vacations are going to be a lot more expensive yeah. now. Oh, I know. Because you have to go on <laughs> vacations when everyone does. I know. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, and and my yeah. wife and I we we live out in the country. We we're not we're not big into crowds of people, and it's uh, <laughs> same. It's, it's the same here. And for oh. me, mine are, mine are 14 and 16, so now it's like uh, we should go on vacation together because we don't know how, how many more years we have where they're going to want to be with us on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. With that oldest, is going to be the last one, probably. Yeah. 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 And then the other one is going to be annoyed that the oldest one is not there. They're just annoyed. They're like teenagers. They're annoyed about everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <we're crazy. laughs> they're not going to want to hang out with you. They don't want to go on holiday with you. Oh, yeah. The old fogies. <laughs> So how did you uh, how did you break into like the American market and couldn't have been was it just through Instagram or you um, have contacts over there? Or? No, I, I just um, started making knives and built my website and um, and I think the the sort of seed was um, Blade Forums. I don't know if you know Blade Forums, yeah, a, yeah, I used to be on old there. style forums, you know, it's for. For old guys, <laughs> for old people, yeah, it is. It truly <laughs> yeah. is. It's like when you need, you know, probably no forums like when you needed motor parts and stuff, and then yeah. you'd go to forums. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I went and just looked for for forums and and chose like six or seven of them and just started posting my stuff. Then the only one that I really got traction in was was Blade Forums, and you know, sold a couple of knives here and then. And I still post any knife that I have for sale. I still post there, and yeah. Regularly, I'll get a buyer from Blade Forums. But what I'm finding now is a lot of the people that follow Blade Forums are now also on Instagram, etc., etc. So it's it's all yeah. It's all sort of yeah. I think Instagram is the biggest the biggest in the knife knife scene. Yeah, yeah. I think I've I've never sold a knife through Instagram, or at least not not that I know of. Um, Mm. For me, Instagram is more just the community and and sort of. Being in touch with other yeah. makers and yeah, yeah, I actually have no idea what it is to, to to sell to try to sell knives on Instagram, but I do know that the community is is, is biggest on. Yeah, yeah, on and I, I, I know a lot of people that have bought knives. They you know they have seen stuff on Instagram, but that's always normally after they've bought the knife or mm. after they've been in touch through my website or you know the forums or something like that. So yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to build more of a presence on Facebook now because I think the the demographics of Facebook users is more the de- demographic of, of my customers which is and you know why older people yeah older people yeah. with disposable income true. right <laughs> it's but it's true yeah like yeah. Uh, the, well, the, the like we always used to say like uh, like the old like like the, the, the like my parents and stuff they they totally stole Facebook from us well, is is that a bad thing though? No, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> like, I, I I I don't like Facebook at all. But it's just uh, it's it's pretty funny when you see all these like like all the people on on Facebook. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking also. I want to I want to get onto um, uh, X and start building something up there. Yes. Yeah. 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 I yeah, think yeah. since uh, Elon Musk has taken it over, I think he's got he's not a fool, and he's got he's got 
big ideas for it. Um, and he's got a good accent too, kind of like yours. <laughs> That's right. He's a fellow countryman. <laughs> yeah, man. And um, yeah, and I, th I, th I think if you know if it if he can get traction and and stuff and build it up to what he wants it to be, I, I think that's going to be the next place for knife makers for sure. Yes, um, and Rumble is going to be for the for the like like uh, if they get decent monetization on on that's it. Um, yeah. on Rumble and X, uh, I think. Yeah, because I think his vision is to have it sort of all rolled together, you know, commerce, social media, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, as as knife makers, I think you know that's that would be perfect. Yeah, and no suppressing like well, if you sell a knife yet. or or a, or a kid's toys, uh, you'll yeah. you'll you'll earn the same, you know. Yeah, and yeah. get the same attention. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. So basically, so Instagram's going to turn into to Facebook. We'll be the old guys still on Instagram. No, I'm already on X. Yeah, I, I think I think I've I've, I've like op I've opened an account on X or just to reserve my 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 name, my handle. So I had an account uh, like on Twitter for the long, like I, I think I started in 2011 or something, and I was still on the same account. Okay, yeah, I, I was never on Twitter. Um, I just it never appealed to me. I'm 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 a visual person, and I just reading what people have to say just doesn't interest me in the least it so. was a shit show for the longest time and yeah. I, I didn't do anything with it but since that stuff with elon i just uh, got back on it and it's still a shit show but it's like not governed you know yeah. it's, it's not suppressing or, or hiding anything but i like the way your uh, your instagram page is set up you do a lot of videos and you show your face and talk about what you're doing or new materials that you have yeah yeah you know i only started doing that recently in the last couple of months um because as a marketing tool um i think it's 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 great because it's, you know, it's for free yeah. yeah and um and if my potential customers are on instagram and they see me because i'm a craftsman making a handmade item i think it's important that they get to know who who's making yeah. it totally um, agree yeah exactly you're not just buying a knife you're buying a knife from paul Boletta. yeah so uh, um that, that definitely helps yeah and um and, and i th I, th I think that's quite important um or at least i'm learning that it's important so so yeah that's why i've started <laughs> to make videos where i have my face in a bit more i think I was I always shied away from it, being a bit self-conscious. You know that Keith is gonna use it and uh, like find the worst frame shot of you and then <laughs> use it for the for the show, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no worries. But I'll be uh, take some screenshots from your videos, <laughs> <laughs> like edit it on on a savanna and uh, with a David Edelbrock uh, hat on. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Got it. Superimpose it on the plains of Africa. Have you uh, have you been in contact with Matt working on buying a, a forge or one of his grinders, or you guys got something going on? I think I think he's got, he's had enough for this year. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Put in an order for a revolution grinder and a Vander Sander, and a couple of boxes arrived end of last week so i'm still waiting for one one box oh man um, this 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 shipment is is eating my brains ah, i'm i'm just 
very afraid that um, this one is going to turn up missing. It always happens with with big shipments. It's fucking hate it. What do you? Sh- why don't you ship everything all at once? What What do you mean all at once? Well, he said he's still waiting for some parts from from you, right? Yeah, it's in different boxes. And they do ship it at once, but they don't arrive at once. Yeah, it's it's quite a lot of stuff. It's two, two motors, two ammo cans. Uh, that was a big ass order, man. <laughs> kit. That was some heavy stuff. Yeah, no, I've I've had my eye on a Revolution grinder for a for a while now. I've been following Brian um, at Housemade ever since he started the the, the podcast, and um, mm. that's why I got interested in the Revolution grinder and. Although I have a grinder which works, it it has mm. its problems. And when I was looking around my workshop and thinking, okay, so what's my next big purchase going to be? So I'd love to have a mill. I've, I don't have a mill, and you know, I've always thought a, a mill would help me out. But when I looked around my workshop, I thought, you know, I've got my my grinder, and I do everything on my two by seventy two. And it, if that thing breaks down, as a you know. As a knife maker, I'm screwed. Um, and even if it's only out of action for like two, three, four days, that's that's mm-hmm. four days that I just cannot be productive, or at least not meaningfully. So I thought, um, yeah, let's get another grinder, at least as a as a backup. And um, yeah, I've been eyeing out the Revolution grinder for a while, and I thought, yeah, it's a fun project. And um, well, the thing is, also, you can swap out the motor, and like if if it ever dies, which it probably won't. But um, you can just swap out, uh, like it's it, nine out of ten times, it's it's only the motor can fail or the VFD. Yeah. And then you can just swap the motor out with the with the uh, fender sander. Yeah, no, that's 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 a very good point. And I was listening back to uh, to to um, your podcast with uh, with Honor, and he was saying he's got mm-hmm. the same motor mm-hmm. and the same VFD for all his tools. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's yeah. brilliant because you know you you you've got you got backup for everything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a good plan. Now I'm looking forward to putting it together. Is he running one VFD for different machines or? No, you know? he's just put the Chinese VFD on everything. On everything. Yeah. Which is, uh, like, don't get me started on these VFDs, man. They're selling these. <laughs> grossly expensive VFDs just because they're like dust proof like IP65 yeah. whatever and like like Honor said you could just put the Chinese one in a Tupperware box and you're, you're good to go <laughs> so, so I, I put a VFD on my grinder about two years ago and it's a cheap Chinese mm-hmm. one and I just mm-hmm. mounted it next to my grinder just as a temporary thing just while you know getting it installed and set up and stuff and uh, I got it Still all working there. and I thought yeah I'm going to put a box like a dustproof box over it and I, I still haven't got around to that two years later so it's just been sitting in the dust and, and the crap and everything and it's still going strong so. with these Chinese VFDs you know the, the th- like sometimes I've had like two customers had it happen where uh, it just got error and then there's nothing you can do it's just yeah. fucked and then, but then again it's like what does it cost it's like a hundred euros or something like shipped yeah, I still okay. need to get the VFDs for for the the Revolution and the Fender Sander, um, mm. but I'm probably just going to get ordered those two, and then maybe one or two extras, just as they're on standby yeah. on the shelf. Yeah, so if, yeah. You know, well, if, if you, you ever have it, I always have some in stock of those. I don't sell them actively, okay, but I do always have some laying around. So 
cool. Thanks, man. I can't sell those because because of that because I can't like uh, like there's no guarantee all that and I don't want it to break and then people come back to me like oh, you're selling a shit yeah BFD yeah. and also if you buy it from me then I have to charge like a little extra when you can just get it from Amazon for you know, yeah yeah it'd be, be hard to compete on price against what's been sold mm -hmm. on Amazon yeah man i had a so i had to order a big ass uh box of carbide plates and it was just terrible uh to get it like the, the order sorted out and when i did i was finally and i was like i wired the money i don't know why but it's always scary you know especially when it's like a, a big amount and she was like, uh, the, the China lady was like, uh, okay, we'll start production in, uh, on the 16th of uh, February. I was like, excuse you. What, what do you mean? The 60? Guess what it is in China now? Chinese Christmas or some crazy holiday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. New Year's. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. So, yeah. That sucked. Now I exposed my wanker of the week, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Should we, should we hit that one? Do it. Welcome to Wanker of the Week. 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 So? Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year. Yeah. Or China. Like China, China. Because it interrupted the flow of your carbide plates. Yeah, I don't know why my China lady was uh, cheaper than yours. Great. They seem like they're all. Hmm? It's the great. It's definitely the grade of carbide. They don't tell you if you just say you want carbide, they're gonna give you. No, 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 no. I looked at. I looked at the grade. It's it's what uh, is advised for what I'm gonna use it for. I especially told them like I need this type. And you get it surface ground also, or. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. If you don't say that you want it surface ground, then they just send you some shitty ass piece of carbide that's not completely straight. I've had a test plate from them, which I made and then shipped also shipped to uh, to the to the US. Yeah. For testing, and the US approved, and now uh, I have to make a uh, hundred of them. Now you're making them with the backing already on it, right? So it just goes right on the grinder? On the Revolution, yeah. You don't have to glue it or anything? No, no, you can just put two bolts on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a little plate like underneath it so it can't fall off. Turn the rest on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really need that if you put... No, it's just... Yeah, Keith, it's nice Keith, to have that the was... extra insurance. Yeah, that was something mm -hmm. I was going to yeah. ask you about, Keith. I got a that carbide faceplate for my um, for my platen from you um, a while back, and I still haven't mounted yeah. it, and I was going to ask you how to do it. So you say we just got to have a... JB Weld. <laughs> JB Weld, yeah? Mm -hmm. It does work. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, everybody re recommends JB Weld. I use um, on mine. It's probably been on my grinder for about a half a year, but then it, again, I'm not grinding as, as often as you probably. 
but uh, mine's like a high temperature double sided tape from 3M. It seems to work really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I use I used when I use, make my carbide hammers. I run a, um, a 3M Scotch Brite belt on it, and you really gotta in, in order to get into the areas where the brazing um, doesn't look so clean. Uh, I grind all that out with the with the surfacing belt, and it really gets pretty warm on there. And that that was kind of like my test when it gets so hot to see if the if the tape would give or if it would start to move or on you at all. But it seems it seems to be holding good. Do you know what um, a customer of Brian did with uh, with the glass plants? He told me that I was like I was very worried about the the gluing. He did high temp silicone, right? Yeah, we do high temp silicone, but duh. the the first ten I uh, used a special type of glue that was for um, like those old wood stoves. It's almost like a, some sort of cement or something, and everyone recommended that, and I was like, eh, okay, so we made a few, and in the beginning it was, you know, cool, rock solid, nothing, nothing wrong. But then that shit dried out like yeah. completely. It dries and cracks, yeah. And it just fell off. I had like customers where the plates, they were just not even, the grinder was not even on. And they put the belt, like they take the belt off and the plate, the glass plate fell off. I'm like, yeah. I, I, Toby also had one laying around, like from Fire and Steel. And uh, I immediately texted him, like, don't, don't use that glass plan. It's going to fall off. So yes, probably saved his life because that's terrible. If that thing falls off and it gets into your belt, you're going to have some issues. Gross. So you just sell the, the plates uh, as it is. That's it. Uh, pretty smart. Just the plate. Pretty smart. It's like a DIY kit. That's right. You do it. You glue it. If it falls off, it's your fucker. Fault. Stealing my ideas. No, but Paul, uh, unfortunately, when Paul came by, I wasn't at home that day, and it was the only day that worked out for him. Oh, you guys are close? Um, but I could have cut you. No, he was visiting family in uh, Ipswich, I think. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy that picked up your anvil. Yeah. We, we live on yeah. opposite yeah. sides of the country. It's not a big country, but you got to drive across mountains. <laughs> is it? Is it bigger than my country? I don't even know. Yeah. I think it's bigger. Yeah, man, you have the fucking elves yeah. and stuff. Yeah. More land, less people. Yeah, what did you think about my uh, my huge workshop? Oh. Um, <laughs> I didn't really get to see it much because I think it was your your mother-in-law was there, and yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I meant to warn you about her. <laughs> no, she was lovely. You, you got attacked. She was lovely. She I, she let she let let, I, let me in, pointed me to the anvil and the box of goodies, and yeah. So Keith's mother-in-law let you. No, in. I, I I came home. I came home from work and she goes, oh, this South African guy and blah, 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 and told me his whole life story. I'm like, oh my God, I should have told Paul to be careful because she, she just wants to know everything about you. So. Uh, she was lovely. Yeah, so my wanker of the week, guys, if you watch my my Instagram page, I uh, lost my best buddy. My dog passed away this week. Mm. Uh, she was nine years old, so it was kind of, kind of sudden. She just uh, was kind of slow and not moving around a lot and she's had it before she's a labrador and they eat everything so sometimes she'll get into something or eat too much that they just eat until they yeah until they 
can't fit anything more in their stomach. And I just thought, it, like, like before, she'll be fine and just needs a day and to rest. And uh, I was out at a friend's house and came home about one o'clock, and she didn't want to come upstairs. And I went back down about an hour later after I came home, and she was uh, gone. Damn. Wanker of the week. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear that, Keith. And you don't know, uh, uh, like, what happened, basically? No. No, I mean, she was a purebred, but still, with nine years, it's still... I figured yeah. she had yeah. 10, 12 years in her. 12. That's fucking sad, man. Yeah. That's, that's like, yeah. oh, but terrible. At least... I, at least I didn't have to suffer and go to the vet and do all that stuff with the kids mm-hmm. around. It's yeah. I didn't. I wouldn't want to go through that either. So, what was their name? Gypsy. Gypsy. Yeah. Now Paul's got two dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got. Uh, yeah. Two smallish dogs, I guess. Small, medium-sized dogs. Yeah, they're both uh, uh, mixed breeds, rescue dogs. Yeah, part of the family. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, a mixed breed is is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I think anyway. They, yeah, they they got the best of everything uh, in them. Yeah. <laughs> Some, it depends. Sometimes you get the worst of everything as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, one thing that's good is that they're pretty tough. So, my my, yeah. my wife was into dachshunds, um, and. Most of her life, she had dachshunds, and just always problems. When when she met she met me, she still had one, but yeah, just like back problems, and this problem and that problem. And hey, so. wait, what kind of dog? Dachshund. Oh yeah, that's what I have, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> the sausage. They're dog. awesome little dogs. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Only got I have one, one. Uh, with the uh, with uh, with the rough hair, you know. The, yeah, the, yeah, the wire haired ones. Bigger yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, they're great little dogs. Yeah, they are they are so tough, man. Mine got hit by a car twice and got teared apart by a German Shepherd twice, and it still <laughs> it refuses to die. Yeah, they're full of character, full of character. Yeah. I I grew up with with um, Staffies, and oh, uh, yeah, oh love those dogs. But my wife, mm. you know, whenever we talk about getting another dog, I'm always like, oh, not a Staffie, and she's like, no, 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 we'll get a Dachshund. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Steffi's. I awesome. saw this. Yeah, I saw I saw uh, like a video once where uh, that like the man and and the woman on the same day surprised each other with a new puppy. Like it was like um, he came home and then she had a box like that and there was a puppy and he was like, "Get the fuck out of here." And he's like, "Come to the car," and there was like a puppy in the car as well <laughs> for her. So, I imagine you should just get her a dachshund. Uh, uh, she'll get you a Steffi. Mm, yeah, I don't think it, it, it works like that. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. If I thought that would work, I would have got her a, a dachshund a long time ago. We'll see. We we love dogs and we, we'll always have them. Are they, are they sharp dogs? No, unfortunately not. Um, they... Uh, yeah, they don't. They don't like the garage. I think it's. I think it's the like the grinder and the sounds and stuff like that. Because yeah, I, whenever I take my dog to my shop, I'm like, yeah, this is not good for him. Like, yeah. like also their ears and stuff. You know, they're very sensitive to to like yeah uh, noise and stuff. And I'm like fucking yeah. grinding think... away, beating stuff with a hammer. And he's like, yeah. yeah. I think if they if they grow up in a shop, so if you 
get them as a pup and take them into mm. the shop as a pup, and then I think they can be good shop dogs. But otherwise, my my dog is really is is such a like a like an like you say you live on a countryside. Mm-hmm. I also live in the countryside, so whenever I take my dog and I get like close to the city, it just turns into an absolute donkey straight away he doesn't know like cars he doesn't know how, how to walk on a sidewalk he doesn't know what fucking big buildings are or anything it just acts very strange it's like you can just see he's not used to any any of that sensory overload yeah he's like get me the fuck out of here yeah, yeah. If, if, if we go somewhere where there's lots of people and stuff our dogs get a little bit uh, jittery as well yeah. yeah, dogs are cool. So, yeah, sorry to hear about your loss, Keith. It's yeah, it's always sad. some fuckery. Yeah, yeah, but now, now I um, now I can never tell when somebody comes to the house. Like, I don't know when the mail's here. I don't know when somebody pulls in to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> we had the little alarm alarm when she would just bark. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. Now I got to put cameras up or something. Yeah, are you thinking about getting like another dog or too soon? Uh, I, I would, but um, I think it, that it really wouldn't be fair right now. The kids are getting bigger, and there's, people aren't home as much as they should be. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't want them to just sit in the house by themselves all the time. No. When I retire, maybe. Yeah, you should get, like get one of those old, like like one of those fat dogs. What do you call them? Like those English bulldogs or something. Those enjoy just laying around, trooling over everything. So, Paul, do you have a wanker of the week? My wanker of the week. Um, <laughs> it was going to be Chinese tools, but um, I'm going to change that to technology. Because, um, yeah, even though I worked in technology, I was a computer programmer for many years. I just, yeah, it, the problem with it is it's, it moves and it changes. And unless you mm-hmm. move and change, you get left behind. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, I find like yeah. my laptops and stuff, they're old, but they still work fine. But the operating s- systems are so old, it doesn't support this, it doesn't support that, and things stop working. And But there's nothing wrong with the machine. And it's it's so frustrating because, you know, it's like I'm, I make a knife. And, you know, if you look after that knife, you'll be able to use it for at least my lifetime and you'll be able to pass it on to next generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a good example of that. You know yeah. where 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 the, like for me the line is is that since that open AI shit came around came along, it's just terrible, man. But like even in in the professional world where where you get someone in your company that is twenty years old, they can't even write normally. It's just I'm looking at it like that my my seven year old can can do better like. Okay, maybe that's your thing. You know, it could happen, but then they just when they're emailing a customer, like like he has a commercial uh, type thing. He he just has OpenAI and he just dribbles something, and then he moves it through AI, and AI makes it into something that you can send to a customer. Really? And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? You're not talking to the customer. Like whatever, if he if that guy just picks up the phone, you have no idea what to say because you don't know shit. You just get everything and you you take it through the computer and you know through that open AI program and they just believe everything that comes out of that thing. Yeah, 
it is. It's really easy. And if you don't like it the first time, you just you just hit retry. It'll write it again yeah, for you. A little yeah, bit different, or yeah. you say make it make it more make funny it, or more yeah. professional. So and, they they completely yeah. lose the 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 like even the drive to to be better. It's just but. And then they tell me, like, yeah, that's the same when, uh, when people said that to the calculator as well. I'm like, no, this is different now. This is not a calculator. This is just... Yeah. I mean, uh, it's I've, I've, insane. I've never used any of these, these AI applications or anything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe it's not the same as, as a calculator at that sort of level, but I think... It's it is it is the future. It's the way things are heading. It, it is, but but somewhere you have to like draw a line in like a calculator makes it easier for you to do math. But communicating to another human being, that's on another level. That's not Yeah. It's so like from, from from mind to mind, from 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 human to human. If if you get everything and you put it through a robot basically yeah like like then what is there there's there's nothing yeah but 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 i mean you, you're looking at it from from your point of view where you have grown up um communicating yeah. where communication is is important um mm. and you've learned how to communicate in that way and you know generations that are coming after us the, the way that you communicate is different and yeah you're getting old, Matt. You're getting old. I know, but I can't see the good in it. You know, it's hard for me to 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 like. How are you developing any skills other than like typing like something that kind of resembles what you want, and then just getting it through a machine and it'll it'll write the story for you? Like, no. So I had Matt. I had. Uh... When I got the Gatapis from you, I had the uh, the data sheet and all the the way that um, Baker Forge had written up the product description and everything. And I'm like, I need to put it on my website in German. And my German writing is horrible because mm -hmm. I really only speak the slang yeah. here. And my wife's like, oh, somebody at work told me that you can yeah. use ChatGDP yeah. to translate. And you just she just writes translate this to German, copy to paste, and it came out in like perfect German. It's way better than Google Translate. So if you're using it to communicate in another language, it's it is a great oh, great that's, tool. That's a good tip. But, it's, but it, that, like like I said, but that's using it as a calculator. That's not like I want to tell this customer his, you know, whatever. And then you just scribble something and you just tell them like, uh, it it just takes. Uh, I don't know. That's yeah. I don't know where that line is exactly, but there should be a, like a line in there. I can even like now I've I've seen it a lot, and whenever someone writes me, I can just tell when it's when it's been through yeah. uh, ChatGPT because there's a lot of words, but like uh, like there's not much meaning. But but it'll get it'll get better. It'll get better. yeah. It'll get better, and that's yeah. the scary part for me. I, you know, I've, I've got loads of customers that I've sold knives to and, and built custom knives for in Austria and Germany, German speaking. And mm. because my German's so shit, I've been using Google Translate. And yeah. I know that they know that I'm using Google Translate. But it's like, well, I'm, 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 I'm an Auslander, so, you know, <laughs> it's kind it of literally it's kind translates of also and, like the way you're talking. 
like like the way you build the sentences. And yeah. what AI does, it just completely changes it. it like it, it does it the right way. Yes, yes. I'm, so all, I'm, <clears throat> I'm all for that. But. Yeah, so, so I mean, that's that's a good tip, Keith. I'm, I might actually yeah. look into that. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you a link to it. There's a free one that works right. really good. I'll send yeah. it to you after the show. But I mean, the, the, but the, the, the bad thing about that, so I guess the good thing is as a non-speaker, I guess, of German, I'm able to do business with people who do not yes. speak English. So, yes. so that's great. It's right. enabled commerce. Yeah. But... <clears throat> What it's done, well, part of what it's done is it's, I'm not getting that learning. So I'm plugging stuff yeah, into Google Translate. Thing, yeah. And yes, I read over it just to check and to try and understand, mm -hmm. you know, get a little bit of learning yeah. out of that. But I'm, I've become lazy in my learning. And I think that's part yeah. of why I haven't really, even though I've been here in Austria for seven years, I haven't really, my German isn't as good as it should be for someone who's been yeah, it, But it's years. exactly that. It's because you have Google Translate. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been able it, to get by. It, yeah, it, yeah and, but, but it, and then if you translate that, you're like, imagine that with also like not having to think about how to try and sell something to someone. Yeah. yeah. Or it, it, it does not like uh, get you the, the, drive to get after it, it it stops you from developing i think yes i think a good a good comparison is uh like here when i moved here to austria i didn't know where anything was the first time i ever bought a gps navigation mm -hmm. system now i've learned i don't even pay attention anymore you i put the address in yeah. i drive somewhere and if i had to go there the next day i couldn't find yeah, it again exactly because you just rely on we that. Are, that, that that's, that's a perfect example. We, can, we can't even. Like, when, when you have, like, no electricity, we're, we're completely fucked. And that's, uh, I, I don't know. You know, when yeah. you don't have your navigation, when you don't have your, uh, 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 that's, that's something that worries so, me. I, yeah. I, I, I sometimes think about that. Without it, world without electricity. You know, let's say mm -hmm. there's some sort of solar flare activity or some yeah, weird thing yeah. in the cosmos. Yeah. And suddenly the way that electricity works changes. And literally overnight, every single device that we have as human beings on Earth yeah. does not work. Imagine where Fuck. we'd be. We're fucked. Everyone's going to come to the knife makers and say, "Hey, yeah, yeah. we need yeah. a knife. Yeah, yeah. I need. A, I'm going to need a bigger <laughs> so, knife." <laughs> sorry, mate. My my revolution grinder is not working. Is out today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a hand file. It's gonna. It's gonna have their hands full. It's gonna be a lot of hand sanding. Yeah. 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 yeah there you go, Matt. We need a solar power grinder. No, no, but solar power is still electricity. No, it's still electricity. <clears throat> Do you need to hook up your um? Your exercise bike, your stationary bike yeah. to your yeah, or, some, or some tractor, get you know, pedaling hydraulic. Yeah, hydraulics. There we go. A nice. tractor with a with a big with a big See, pulley. But the thing is, we are now like we could get into like into this and then get to a point where we would have a solution for that. If I had been using ChatGPT for all my problems, I wouldn't come up with that. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, definitely not. And it's scares the shit out of me. Like even like for my kids and stuff. I'm like, come on, please, uh, yeah. stop this boat world, from world without electricity. There we go. <clears throat> that's that's um. I think uh, something I'm going to start using in my marketing for knives. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. You've got to have a good bushcraft knife. Uh-huh. Everybody's got to have a good bushcraft knife because when you don't have yeah. electricity, you're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> You've got to have a knife, man. <laughs> yep. You've got to have a whole lot of knives. Um, you need a bushcraft yeah. knife, a machete, an axe. Yeah, a machete. It's been a while since I've made, since I've seen someone made a good machete. Wow. These, um, <clears throat> the forging that I did last week for the knives was actually a, a CX, uh, like a Viking like, style knife. Wait, can you ship, can you ship machetes? I don't see why not. Just do I have, I don't know. I think it's, it's just, yeah. I think that's considered more of a tool yeah, than most yeah, knives. I want a machete really bad yeah. now that I'm thinking of, of it, of it. Yeah. Well, I, so I forged these CXs last week and mm. I was looking at them. Just the other day, I was thinking, what if I made this a little bit longer and change this and change this? And I've come up with two drawings. And yeah, they basically look like big machetes. And I thought, hmm, those would be good. For, we got a good fun. We got a trade one for uh, for like some tooling or, or something. Yeah, like some fancy badass machetes. Mm-hmm. Nice recurve machete. Yeah. They don't have recurves, they, they look almost, almost like Nakiris. Big swoopy yeah, carries, okay. but yeah, no, that's an idea. Really cool. Nice, we're getting somewhere. So, so Paula, I got a question about you because you said that you that your wank of the week was technology, and I have uh, this knife from you, and it came with uh, like a description card and how to take care of the knife, and then next to the name of the knife, you have a serial number. There's no serial number on the knife. Does that mean? You have some kind of uh, program where you keep track of every knife that you've made and sold and the materials. Yes. And yes. The angle of the sharpness yes. and everything. Wow. That's I, I tried to do that when I started. I was writing it down on paper and yeah. then I gave up no. after a well, while. Well, I mean... But I always yeah, wanted... So I worked in technology and this, spreadsheets. This is where the IT are in here. Yeah. <laughs> spreadsheets yeah. are my friend. Yeah, that's and what I'm thinking. Every single material yeah. that I buy... Handle material, bolster material, steel, anything gets an, uh, a little ID on it and goes into my spreadsheet where I bought it from, how much I paid, how, when I bought it, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then wow. when I build a knife, I get all these parts, I guess, part numbers, the handle material, the, the bolster, the, the steel, everything. And it goes into a build sheet and the build sheet's got all the details and there I also keep track of how long the build takes me in each step of the process. So when I try and make my processes more efficient, I can look at all of the steps and how long things are taking to try and... Oh my God, I need you in my company, man. <laughs> and <laughs> Matt's like the complete... Yeah, I just, this is exactly what I said. I need you. Well, to be fair, I, I'm... Um, yeah, I, I don't even know why I'm going to try this, but I'm more like that in the balcony factory than you'd imagine I'm all for uh, Artemis you know, I'm okay getting everything in, in sheets and get a good ERP yeah. system and stuff yeah like that. it's it's um it's 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 a bit of extra work but um, yeah I don't know it's kind of satisfies part of a detail oriented part of me that comes it's from like, uh, it comes from like autism light kind of thing <laughs> it's pretty nerdy but but hmm. I've, I've had it before when, when customers have come to me and asked for a custom build 
and they show me a picture of one of my previous knives and they say and i want handle material like this um and straight away i can look at the yeah. knife and yeah. i can i can Correct. yeah I can, I can identify even without the serial number i know sort of when i made it and i go back to my bull sheets and i can find the knife and i can find exactly what material i used and where i got it from and you know try and get the material again um it doesn't always work out that way because you know a lot of the supplies change the materials um but um yeah, so I mean, it's... yeah, but if you have a if you ever have a problem with uh, I don't know you all knife makers have a big stockpile of uh, stabilized wood or whatever, and if you build a knife and that wood block's been sitting in your shop for three years and you're grinding into it and it's got voids and it wasn't stabilized correctly, then you at least you know you don't want to be using or buying from that place yes. again or if you're having problems with your materials. Yeah, but but you're absolutely right. Uh, I think it 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 works when you use the materials fairly quickly in that way. But like you say, if it's sitting in your shop for three years, five years, does it actually matter? Because you probably changed supply or that suppliers changed who they get it from yeah. by that time anyway. Mm. And I'm reaching that yeah. point where I've got so much materials that I must stop buying stuff because I've got enough to make, you know. No, 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 don't yeah. stop buying materials. No, stop buying materials. I can't help myself, man. I, I, I go to like the Mesa Mark and I see your table there, Keith, and I'm like, oh, that looks nice. That yeah, he can't help himself. <laughs> hey, I just got a message That's from a shipper, uh, Paul. Yeah. It says that, oh, oh my God, my dog. <laughs> Stupid animal. Um, the shipment got into Austria when? The 29th of January? Okay. And it's not been processed yet by Eurotis. So. Hmm. Oh, the Eurotis that shows up in all the shipments. That's just terrible. Yeah. Well, I got the other four. I mean, they came through pretty quickly, but. I mean. Like, but I, I, don't, I don't even know which one you're missing. It's one of one. So, it's, sorry, one of five. So it's the first one, which I assume is probably the biggest. Yeah, biggest ch one. check your spreadsheets, Matt. I don't have to. Yeah, I, <laughs> check I don't. your pass list, yeah. <laughs> it's an online system. I don't need, but the, the, you can't see what's in what package exactly unless you take a picture. Yeah, that's why you yeah, need a spreadsheet before you ship it. You system there, Matt. Uh, Paul is a very nice guy, and he's just going to tell me what he's missing. <laughs> and then... Oh, yeah. Um, I still, yeah. I still got to open all. He's going to have two grinders, son. I'm, I'm hoping it's one of the motors or something, and not. Ugh, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll turn up. The, the Austrian, Austrian post. Yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, you'd have thought this is a first world country, but sometimes, yeah, I think, really, <laughs> it's like, it's like customs are the worst. They, they used yeah. to be okay. Stuff will get through no problem. Now they stop everything. My 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 mom lives in England, and she sent a couple of books to my boys for Christmas, and customs stopped it. And then my mom must produce an invoice to prove that those books cost twelve euro. What it was like, really? Yeah, yeah. idiot. A Christmas present for yeah. her grandchildren, and you got to prove yeah. to customers it cost twelve euro. Yeah, some bullshit. Haven't they got better things to do? Uh, if you can't prove it, they'll go online and find, no, find the won't. value of it. They're, and it they're, could be 
too much. Well, I, we, I, we've had stuff shipped from, from my yeah. parents before. And like you said, like my mom, she goes to like thrift sh- stores or yard sales or whatever. And when the kids were young and buy a, a Christmas toy or a present or whatever, send it to us. Would end up having to pay full price, whatever it was that they could find online for it, oh, and, and then pay import fees. And we probably yeah. we probably paid more for the thing than she did. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what's happened to me. So I've told told my, my my mom to not not ship ship anything for the boys. Just you should yeah. t- tell me what she wants to get them, and I'll get it here for them. Which is is silly, really. I mean, it's yeah. it's yeah. Oh well. So um, did. Either one of you ever ship something to India? No. I just had an order coming in from fucking India. Cool. Gator piss to India. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Well, that's coming back to you. Uh, you think that's going to get I've through? I sent some to Brazil, uh, to Iran, I think. <laughs> Basically, whenever Koi Koi just got the wind of that, I like I would put in the extra effort uh, to like make a custom order to somewhere. So there's some people uh, that like there's one in Japan, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, they all arrived so far. So awesome! What's but India is a yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting that you can you can ship liquids like that all around the world because I know I've tried to order stuff from the UK. Like mm-hmm. um, electrolyte etchant and stuff like that, and since Brexit, they won't ship anything liquid to to Europe. Which is, Which is insane because they ship a lot of gatorpiss into into the UK. Into this is no UK, problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is the suppliers. The suppliers won't ship it out. It might have changed now because that was sort of freshly after Brexit, and I think there was mm. there was a lot of problems for the first year or two. Bunch of panic. Yeah. But, and even look, it's not, but it's like the gator piss itself is like 97 euros or something, and the shipping is 65. <laughs> so I'm just like, and why? Then they pay uh, customs fees. Yeah. Well, that's not my problem. <clears throat> yeah, man. Well, you know, I had a guy, I had a guy once, uh, well, I can't remember. I think it was in, in the Turkey, mm-hmm. and he ordered Apex Ultra. And it had to go in like three boxes because of the weight. Yeah. And I sent it to him and he went he wanted to do a bank transfer. And then he writes me the next day that his country will not allow him to send more than 90 euros at a time overseas. And then he got like a 20 or 30 euro bank fee on top of every time he changed his money to a euro. So he had to pay me 90 euros each day and then an extra like 20 to his bank every time he made a transfer for like a $350 order or something. It was crazy. But it's all the same with PayPal. I just recently got like a, it was like from the US to, to my account. And like, it was like, like five grand. And, um, yeah, it'll cost like, I think the the, the fee is like 400 euros or something. 300 wow it's wow. just it's insane yeah, that's man. a lot yeah paypal's a bit of a ripoff as yeah i'm i'm just gonna stop like like to receive money like through the website and stuff that that's okay it's not too much but like it's just and it always ends up being like a point of like who's gonna pay for that are we gonna split it are we gonna i'm just like 
I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to go back to bank transferring because that's like 12 or 13 or 14 euros or something. Yeah. For an amount or of just tr just trade in cryptocurrency. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, like, ugh, I, I don't know about that. I don't understand it, so no. <laughs> Unfortunately, PayPal is, when you're buying something, PayPal is so easy to use and then you have like the extra protection as a as a as a yeah customer but if you if you trust materials. each other a bank transfer is more than fine yeah it's just a little bit more work but like come on like 300 or 400 euros versus like 20 or 30 that's worth uh some some minutes to yeah to spend on yeah oh they're all making money paypal the banks the government fuckers I do have a lot of customers that do bank transfers and um, usually the first bank transfer, I wait for it to clear. Once I know that they've done it and they come back with me, if they order, I send it out the same day and then trust that they're going to make the payment. So far, everything's... Yeah, so you've... Good. you've uh, Never had anybody try to screw me. Like when you send money to China for your carbide, is that through bank transfer? I, I, I use PayPal. If they don't take it, then I don't transfer money to them. Because just because I have the the extra protection, if but then you happens. pay a lot. But who who pays the fees? Um, they usually add the fee if they say if you want to do bank transfer, it's this much, and if you're gonna use PayPal, then they add whatever their oh, percentages on top of it. Okay. But for me, it, but for me, it's worth but it. But you can always get like your bank transfer. You can get the money back as well. It's a pain. It is, but I did it when I first started, and it, it's such a hassle. It is. Yeah, that's true. Okay. But it's, I mean, as, as, as a business, you know, if you charge more for PayPal, it's, yeah, I guess, I guess you, you're covering those costs, but, you know, I, I think if you, if you're doing big transactions, like, you know, if you're dealing with a company in China and you send a couple of grand, it's, it's, it's worth it. But, you know, for your, your average customers, you know, they, they're not interested in that. Right. That's like five problem. and a half grand versus like five grand. That's a lot. That, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. Oh, well, it depends. If if you're buying uh, five hundred pieces or something, then it, and you split it up over five hundred pieces, it's not that it's not that much. But if you if you're buying small or big big priced yeah. items, um, then yeah. it's yeah. tough to justify yeah. the extra money. Exactly. So I think I think PayPal they say is it like six percent or something. I don't know. I just it, it struck it struck me it's, by surprise uh, it's, it's once high. again. It's high. It's about six percent, I think. I think in in days of yore, you used to have uh, credit cards and uh, like retail stores that say, "Oh, we accept all credit cards and Amex." But if you paid with an Amex, they would charge you an extra like four percent or something because of the Amex fees. Crazy. These are the days when they when they put your credit card down and like use transfer paper and. Yeah, that's it with that, with that, that machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, the carbon yeah. copy of it. <laughs> Showing your age. <laughs> we we were yeah. never a, a credit card country here. Like people have a credit card, but we never pay with credit card. I hate them. Yeah. Before, if I didn't have a business, I wouldn't use them. I'd rather pay cash for everything. Yeah, I don't use credit cards. Not not for my business, for nothing. No credits. Well, I, I have one, 
but only because Shopify needs a credit card uh, to back up my, I don't know, if I don't, can't make a payment or whatever, they just automatically take oh, it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I have that through PayPal, I think. Yeah, yeah. because my card is linked to that. It's just, just tied to yeah. my bank account. Some bullshit. Yeah. yeah, credit cards can be quite useful also for, for traveling. You know, if you're hiring cars and, yeah. and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's all in a credit card. Yeah, that happened to me last year. I got uh, hurt in America, and that was my the re one of the reasons why we had this credit card in particular is because it has uh, travel insurance linked mm, to it. Good one. And uh, and it, that that was worth it. It was a I got four stitches. It was a thousand dollars in America. Yeah. What? And <laughs> I got that all back. I got that all back. Was it in America? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> just taking yeah. credit cards to the hospital. Four stitches. No, they, they wouldn't take it. I was at the hospital. I said, I live in Austria. I'm here visiting right now. I would like to pay for this right now. Oh, no, no, you you can't pay here. We're gonna, we'll send it to your home address. And I'm like, it's in Austria. Oh, we can't send it to Austria. And I'm like, well, let me pay with a credit card. We don't take out of country credit cards. So I'm like... What do you want me to go? Go to an They ATM? expect you... Yeah. I think that's... Isn't that... No, you need somebody in America that will that will sign for you. That they're gonna make the, your payment, and then you need to figure oh out how God. to pay that person so, back. Luckily, I have family there, so my my parents paid the yes. bills, and it took like four months to square it all out, and I get the Man. money back. So, what if you just say like, okay, then take the stitches out? <laughs> no, what you what most people probably do is they just give a fake name and go back to the country, and nobody yeah, pays it. That's what I would have done. Karma, karma yeah, will get you. That's not karma. Karma will get them. <laughs> Yeah, I think that the U.S. is not a not a place to visit and get sick or get injured. Uh, there's a lot of countries that you don't want to get sick. <laughs> yeah, for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like money-wise, probably the U.S., but I wouldn't want to be like in. You know, okay, no, Africa, I'm find other countries. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go, gentlemen. Cool. Yeah, it's getting uh, an hour and a half. We got an hour and forty. Yeah, they minutes keep getting longer. Almost. My wife is getting annoyed. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast. Uh, where can everybody? Well, find thanks you? very much for having me on the podcast. Um, you yeah, can find me great. on Balletta Handmade. That's B A L E T A Handmade on Instagram, on Facebook. And my website is balettahandmade.com. Nice. I want you to uh, to make a reel and then just um, do the audio like later in a in a in a documentary type way. Huh. <laughs> that that'll that'll work for sure. Okay. Go ahead, Keith. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, the oh. patrons can go f themselves. Yeah, we'll put you in the show notes. <laughs>